0: This week on Inside the Ropes, the latest on Tiger Woods' injury. Braith and Esther on hosting the Players' Series. A little on his golf and even a little on his playing rugby league for Greece. And lots more. Let's go. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, Australia's must-listen-to golf show with
1: exclusive content from both home and abroad. Subscribe through your favourite podcast app
2: or listen at golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, Inside the Ropes, episode number 197. Uh, Great to be here on another dramatic week in the world of golf particularly the world of tiger woods um a lot of questions that remain unanswered at the moment um we may never know all of the answers to some of the questions we've got so uh that'll be the lead item obviously off the top martin blake's about to join me break Nasta, nastar a man who's put his name to the player series tournament up at bonnie doon we'll have a chat to him about why he's so committed to the game of golf and Blakey's, I say g'day to you, just how seriously he took the prospect of playing golf at one stage. There were a lot of rumours that Brayton Astor was thinking, oh, I might be pretty good at this. And I remember at one stage people suggesting to me that he might be prepared to dive pretty deep into the world of competitive golf.
0: G'day, Andy. Yeah, well, uh, clearly he was a great NRL rugby mm-hmm. league player. But uh, I think that he was in the Jack Newton programs mm. as an amateur and he had visions of maybe being a pro and uh, at one point we can ask him a slater, but i think that he stopped playing in a, you know stopped playing football for a year and sort of focused on his golf mm. and i think he played the 2011 new south wales pga um, he actually played in do a I, pro, Can pro you remember
2: how he went did you do any deep no, no dive good. recent no good right no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. and i
0: think it well again we can ask him but he, you know i think it kind of showed him that, that <laughs> there was, there's another level <laughs> There is another level. I mean, we see that all the time, don't you? So see many. great, yep. you see great amateur players yep. come through, and they might be, let's say, they're off plus one or two. Mm. You know, put them in a pro scenario. Mm. You know, there, there is another, there is another level. <laughs> there's,
2: there's always another level. It's a pretty jarring reality check for a few of them. Uh, we'll talk Queensland Open with Luke Bates as well next week. In fact, a couple of really big weeks for Australian golf. Obviously, play series um, kicks off today. We're recording this on Thursday morning. I've uh, got the Queensland Open next week and. And then, the, then at the end of the month, the new four hundred thousand dollar New South Wales Open to play for, which is which is not insignificant uh, in amount of money on the Australian tour. So there is a heartbeat locally. There there actually is quite a heartbeat locally if you just scratch beneath the surface. So there's a bit to talk about. Coming well, up.
0: well, there is Andy. And, You know, we've we've obviously lost in recent times. We had no Women's Australian Open and no Vic Open mm-hmm. and no New Zealand Open as well. That, that got lost with COVID, but. Um, the, probably the thing about some of these events at the moment is we've got a lot of mixed fields happening and a lot of different formats. Mm. So uh, that's something that we, I think we all feel like golf needs to try so and where needs did, to do. Where so where did
2: chat to Langers about this last week, Hazy yeah. and I? Do you, do you like it? Do you yeah, like, I love it. Yeah, great, go Good.
0: I think we've got to try, try some things, mm. yeah. We just had a meeting uh, downstairs before and we are talking about the disruption of golf, actually, if someone was saying... Uh, you know, golf hasn't. Unlike some other big sports, golf hasn't had the disruption. Say that cricket had with yep. T20, T20 cricket coming along and just exploding, mm-hmm. you know, before their eyes. And what do we, what do we even do with this thing? You know, it hasn't really happened in golf. So uh, maybe some of these newer formats. You know, the, that players series down at Rosebud was very successful, mm. and I'm sure the Bonnie Doon one will go pretty well as well. I would think. So you know, just mixed fields and, uh, you know, just something a little bit different. It's just like that Sydney dishes up some decent weather for a change. Well, Bonnie Doon, I played there in the last, oh, I'm going to say, 12, 18 months. Redone redone by the Ogilvy cocking Clayton people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is some sort of really good track.
2: Great. Really Can't wait to see. Yeah. Uh, so there's a load to get through. We'll t- bring you up to date with everything that's happened around the world professionally uh, for, from an Australian perspective, of course, but it is the dominant story. Of course, it was the dominant. It was a global story. I, I actually couldn't believe the cover it flicked it onto CNN and Fox News, just sort of um, toggling between the two as one went to an ad break and the other didn't. The It was, it was extraordinary, the commitment American networks made to the Tiger car crash. It was, Wardle, everything else ceased to exist from a news perspective for probably... I was I was connected to it for about three or four hours, I reckon, on and off. It yeah. just became th- for, obvi- for a whole lot of obvious reasons. Well, I
0: think initially people thought, well, hell, you know, mm. maybe he's going to die, mm. um, which, as it turns out, was nothing even remotely like that. He was mm. he was perfectly okay, other than his his left leg has been smashed to pieces mm. um, and knocked around, obviously. But it does feel like, in golfing terms, it feels like a really significant moment has happened. It's almost pinch yourself kind of thing. Can I tell you what, what I thought? When it, yeah, oh, absolutely. I was watching uh, the ABC News 24 and it came across in one of those ticker things yep. along the bottom of the screen, you yep. know, Tiger Woods car crash. And the very first thing I thought was, oh, they've got an old old yeah, thing yeah, there yeah. from 10 years ago. Yeah. They've accidentally put the wrong thing across yep. there. It couldn't happen again, surely. Yep. yep. And then <laughs> the, so rest, the rest is history. So a com- what's a comminuted... So that's open weird. fracture. Yeah, it's no like good. a compound fracture. Yeah, no good. So yeah. more than one break. Yep. In the in the one bone. So they've put a rod in there. They nice. put screws. It's so in his left ankle. Uh, you know how much how much weight and how much torque do you put into your left ankle or your so left So it was the foot, left. You...
2: It was a left leg previously, wasn't it? That had the fractures and the ACL damage. I believe so. And, yeah, yeah. I think it was. So... I think he's had multiple knee operations
0: yep. on the left knee yep. as well. Yeah. Can he play again? Well, Uh, that's the.
2: Well, I'm not going to say no because we made this mistake last time, right? So uh, we after the after the car crash of '09 and the DUI of '17 and all of that stuff. Everybody after the the last time he was pulled over by police, not for the car accident, but for falling asleep and had no idea where he was Mm. because he was dealing with that cocktail of painkillers. He he was written off routinely. In fact, I went back and watched um, the Tiger Docco. Um, the two-parter. I hadn't seen it for since it had, since I initially watched it, and it was only released recently. Anyway, I just went back and watched the part from 2017 when he was pulled over by the police and, yeah, you know, and the opioids, and mm. he was routinely written off. The world said, "That's it. Never yeah. play again. That's the end of it." And he was it, there was a in the minds of some there was a bit of delight, you know, tall poppy and all that sort of stuff. Um, and of course, history now tells us what he did when he did come back. So I'm not going to say he can't. He's come back from so many you know, physical, significant physical issues in the past. But he's now 46, 45. 45. Yeah. Um, he was recovering from a, the latest back operation when this, you know, and there's questions regarding all of that. Well, that's about the fifth back yeah. operation as well. It's, it'll be, it was a miracle when he came back last time. A golfing miracle when he came back. Like it'll be, it'll best d- sporting comeback ever. Yeah, he's surely. doubling down if he does it this time. I think uh,
0: there's there has to be some chance that he'll do all the rehab and he'll get you know rebuild himself and and get back and play because I think he'll want to. Mm. He'll want to. He's a machine. Um, so you know, with all the, the proper rehab and all that sort of stuff, you know, it's a, a game that you can you don't have to run. You, you just walks so obviously. So. Uh, but he can
2: 't be the same again, can he yeah. well i don 't think I mean logic tells you that he can 't no. but he 's not he 's not usual he 's not regular no logic doesn 't apply to this bloke i mean he he operates in a, on a completely different frequency than ninety nine point nine nine percent of other human beings, so who knows? Bob Harrig wrote a really interesting piece, sort of detailing what had happened um, at ESPN, what had happened prior to the accident in the days that it led up to it. He'd been shooting this. You know, obviously, he'd had the back operation. Doing videos, wasn't he? Yeah. For yeah. Golf I think he was headed there. to one when he when he crashed. Oh, headed by, to another one. Was he okay? Yeah. And part of the part of the um, the investigation, if you like, into it all was that he was cleared medically. To drive, but it was very much up to the patient's discretion. So recent off the back operation, right. whether or not he should be driving. Now Tiger's a renowned driver. He wants to drive himself everywhere. That's yeah. He'll drive caddies. He drives everywhere. He drives yeah. routinely. He loves, loves his driving. kids at school. Yeah, loves yeah. getting me on the wheel of the car and and driving himself. So so there's a there's clearly some doubt about whether he should have been behind the wheel of the car, which he had been leading up to the accident for a couple of days. And he'd driven himself to Riviera for the Saturday and Sunday. He'd, he'd been doing all of that. Um, but we may never get the toxicology report. I'm led to believe that we may never see that because no one else was involved in the accident. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't drunk, no. And it, it was an early morning. And, uh, you know, whether. Painkillers. Well, that's what I. That was. Was that not the conclusion that a lot of us jumped to?
0: I thought that, but uh, you know, it's it'll come out in time, won't it? I don't know. I
2: was Mm -hmm. was talking to a. I was talking to a, bloke who's not trained in the law. Well, as trained in the law as I I am, but somebody who knows a bit more about the broader issues than me. But, he was saying, well, given the fact that there was no one else involved and there's no, um, suspicious circumstances, if you like, um, there's no onus. On anyone to release the toxicology report, right. so we may we may never know whether there was a apparently a dangerous bit of road downhill. Well, yeah, um, but he's he's driven that speed road speed
0: limit speed limit I think forty miles an hour. Yeah, so. but
2: apparently he knows that road pretty well. That's what again. That was in Harrig's piece that yeah. it's not an unfamiliar patch yeah. of you know bitumen to him, and he under, he knows what was there. And he, you're right; it isn't uncommon for cars to find themselves in a bit of trouble there. But mm. look. We wait and see, don't we, now? with multiple fractures to that leg, a leg that's had some wear and tear, some significant issues. The back's, you know, obviously not where it needs to be and um, we'll wait and see. Implications for golf? Well, maybe? we've been here before, haven't we? We're going back down yeah. the same
0: track. So, the, t- you know, the TV rights, mm-hmm. there's implications for that. If he's not around or yep. if he does come back, imagine the, the absolute mayhem of yep. that week when he comes back and plays. Um, what a life.
2: Blakey, what a Mm. life this bloke's roller coaster! Oh my God, it's it's Mm. it's I don't. It's more than one man, and a lot of it's self. I'm not going to feel terribly sorry for him off the course. A lot of it's self-inflicted. The drama that's followed him around. I'm I'm not going to you know paint him as a and as as an innocent victim here. Not for one second would you do that. But he has not. He's not lived a quiet life. Lived on the edge, and he has.
0: Who who uh, who takes the the niche? Who fills the no one the, the gap? I was no just one. looking at some of the best young players, and one of one of them uh, won won his event on the weekend, which is Colin Morikawa. He's he's my man. I, yeah, I, I, I agree you. with you. You know, I, I was asked at the start of this year. I did a little you know review of twenty twenty, and you know someone asked me who who I thought was going to jump up this year, and I thought thought it was him. I mean, he's one. He's now won. Uh, a world golf championship, which was the concession last weekend, mm. and a major, which was the PGA, at the age of 24, and the only other person who's done that
2: is, of course, Tiger Woods. There's the segue, yeah, and there's the connector. Whether anybody's got the capacity, no one, no, no one on the planet right now that we know of has got the capacity to fill the shoes of Tiger Woods. No, there's no other. No, no, there's not. And you know, when you when you think about it. Um, people older than you and me they 'll be aware of you know the the greatness of Nicholas mm. and others before him. Palmer was probably the only one who had the magnetism of tiger and i 'm only assuming that was the case because i wasn 't alive to to see all of that. but yeah. we live in a different world now media saturation mm. coverage mm. the reach of these people is greater now than it 's ever been before the the, the global icons. There's ne- golf's never had a Tiger Woods before, no. because of the circumstances surrounding the world in which we live. So um, he is unprecedented, and w- another one will bob up. at some say history tells you that there'll be another one. But gee whiz, I reckon there's no one that we know of yet who's who's going to fill that breach. Um, Morikawa was fascinating. We'll have a chat about him obviously on the way through. We'll wrap up all of the other bits and pieces from around the world. Great to see Arnicus Sorensen back. Playing on the LPGA tour, we'll talk about the results in Kempy later. But did you see? I think it was Justin Ray just before we get to a break and bring and Astor into the show. Did you see the stat? I did about cuts made. Is it ninety seven percent? She's played three hundred nine. She's now played three hundred nine LPGA tournaments mm-hmm. and made two hundred ninety nine cuts. That's that's higher than Tiger. Uh, it's higher. Than, Tiger's at ninety two percent.
0: Dustin Johnson eighty six. Higher than Nicholas Phil Ernie.
2: Three hundred and nine tournament starts, two hundred and ninety nine made think, cuts. I think she made it on on the number. Yeah, too. well, she was struggling early. She was three or four over early, I think, if I remember rightly. But such is the competitive nature of that woman. She uh, found a way to get through. So look, there's a heap of stuff we'll get to. Um, we're going to talk Queensland Open with Luke Bates a little bit later on. But Brayton Asta, a man well known to sports fans around Australia for his Deeds is a rugby league player, loves the game of golf, has put his name uh, to the TPS up at Bonnie Doon, which starts today, uh, Thursday, as we record this. Going to join us on the other side of the break.
1: Let's go back inside the
2: ropes with Golf Australia. Now we've got some rugby league royalty joining us on the show. He is, of course, the host of the player series up at Bonnie Doon, a man, uh, Blakey, who we both heard the same rumours at some stage, was thinking, you know, I'm pretty handy at this game. I might take these pros on at some stage and become a professional, a dual, a dual sport professional. Let's see how far he went down that road. The host of the Players' Series, I said, Brayton Astor, has been good enough to join us. Hello, mate. Hello, lads. How are we? We're going all right. Uh, we'll get into all your fine. role at the um, Players, Players' Series in a moment. But did you, how, how seriously did you take your – or did you think you wanted to take um, your foray into the world of kind of pro golf?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a misconception there. I, I like, I love golf, and I, when I was young, I was about thirteen, fourteen. I started playing. By fifteen, I got down all about plus one or two, and I was in uh, the state development squads for New South Wales. I played against, um, I played with James Nitties Aaron Price, and Porter, all those guys who ended up yeah. going over to the corner and PGA Tour. So, at that, I mean, at that stage, I, I, my dream was to play uh, as a professional golfer. I gave up league uh, when I was kind of 16 years of age to to focus on golf and and give it a good crack. But I I got a contract with South, you know, when I was, I think, South Sydney Rabbitohs when I was 16, and that was it. I pretty much didn't play golf for probably five to ten years after that, but yeah, you know, so I mean, as much as I, I I love the game and still do, and it, realistically, I was never going to be a pro. It was just it was it was a dream of mine at that age, and I was probably on track to to, to becoming a pro at some stage if I'd continued. But realistically, I'm nowhere near it now. I'm, I'm absolutely hopeless now. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a reality at some stage. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll, we'll park that. That 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 can be one of those urban sort of that's, golfing myths that we can just.
0: That's just one of those myths, uh, yeah. don't don't let the facts get in a good but way yeah, of a good story. That, exactly. On, exactly. <laughs> well, You know,
3: a, a lot of people talk about it even now. It's like, oh, well, you know, you wanted to be a pro, or you know, you could have been a pro. It's like, realistically, at fifteen, I was a long way away from being a professional golfer, but. It, you know it's um and looking at these guys even this week here at the TGS, it's uh, not even close
2: <laughs> so it's under as as you as we speak to you right now Braith, it's underway up there at Bonnie Doon it's a Thursday morning that we're recording the show this week um how is it looking and, and tell us about your role you're the host up there but i'm sure it's more than that what what have you sort of been required to do in the lead up to the first ball being struck
3: yeah, it's been incredible, guys. It's uh, You know, I, I got contacted by the PGA and WPGA at the Big Open last year, actually, talking to Nick Dasty and, and Kim Felton, and, and they had the concept about, you know, the men taking on the women for the same prize pool, the first of its kind, and having the amateurs and the juniors involved over the weekend. So when they contacted me and told me about the concept, I thought it was um, incredible. I thought it was an amazing uh, concept. And then... When COVID hit and there was no golf, um, we thought it was a really good opportunity to get it back up and running as soon as we possibly can to bring these young uh, elite golfers an opportunity to play for some, for some money. It's been a really dry year in, in terms of having opportunities to earn and, and, and do what they do best. And unless you're pretty much on the a European Tour or on the PGA Tour, it's been really tough. So. To get there, um, pretty much the uh, the PJ and WPJ uh, they they put uh, Jeff Ogilby up a few weeks ago at Rosebud, and, the, and it was a huge success. And they gave me the opportunity or asked me if I'd take part you know, here in Sydney and host the event. And as I said, because the, the concept was so amazing, and of course the first one was a success, I was like, let's do it. So um, jumped on board. Uh, for me, I mean, my background now with golf is I, I've started I started a management company up three years ago. We've got. 14 professional golfers and we've got seven in the tournament so anything for me to try and grow the game and make the um, golf in australia more successful more eyes on it and give our kids like all of these guys men and women an opportunity to to shine on the world stage and get them where we want them to be and um, that's that's my 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 role and my job and i i and this is a part of that so it's it's been it's been really surreal um to even have the opportunities early on but it's been an amazing week, and the course here at Bonnie Doon is looking fantastic. There's it's a really good vibe. The players have had a great week already. The prime was on yesterday, and, and scoring already. We've got, we got Steph, you know, Steph Kiriako and, and Louis Dobler, um, two of the, the best rising stars in Australia, making moves early on. So it's, it's, it's incredible. It's been, it's been fascinating.
2: That's great to hear. So there's something in there's something there that I'd love to ask you. You played, you know, your professional sport in a league here in Australia that has, you know, mass profile, you know, particularly New South Wales, mm-hmm. Queensland, huge media interest, huge public interest. Yeah. We've got, as you very well know, Braith, we've got some, you know, world-class um, female and male players. Mm-hmm. And yet golf's not quite where we, you know, you, me, yeah. Blakey, everyone involved in this show would like it to be from yeah. a – public profile perspective. Is that just the way it's going to be now, or is there something we can do internally, domestically here in Australia, that can get it back to where we want it to be? I
3: think we can get there. I'm really optimistic about it. I don't think we should settle for where we're at. You know, if you look at it overseas, they've modernised the game quite a bit over in Europe and in America. You've got the stadium holes, and they're trying to appeal more to the young audience. I think that's an area that we can really work on here and we've got to build the profile up of our of our golfers so that they are like the rugby league and AFL players walking down the street and, and on billboards. That's that's what we want to mm. do and if you look at golf in Australia especially when COVID hit it's just gone through the roof. I mean it's the most popular game at the moment and all the clubs have are, are, are been inundated with, with, with players and memberships and, and the golf stores are going mad and, and you know, I look at it like I try and leverage my position you know, and my uh, connections here in Sydney throughout my career as a league player to get these guys some money off course and get them some sponsorship and deals. And some of the guys I've got to know who are the most successful uh, businessmen in Australia who have the money to give and invest in, in, in their favourite sport, which is golf. They all love playing golf. So we've got to try and get these guys involved. We've got to get these guys supporting our juniors and our and our, our elite golfers, and and, and that's how it's going to happen. You know, that you know we've got to really get the right people to to invest and 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 to be bash, to be passionate about like we are. And I I think we've got a, a great concept, and we've got amazing players, and we'll have even more players reach it, um higher levels on, on on the big tours. But we can definitely definitely get better here in Oz, and that's that's part of why I'm doing this. It's, it's, I, I'd love it to I'd love it to just grow and be one of the best. Uh, sports in our country
0: what is it about golf that you you loved uh right
3: uh, uh, yeah I, you know i think for me it was always a bit of a relief i just love getting out in the golf course and and just you know it's, it's just so beautiful you get out there you're okay. kind of in your <laughs> yep. own world i was always involved in team sports so it was good for me to get out there and just think about other things and you know, I think I uh, obviously love the competitive nature. I've got the juices flowing throughout me. So, and I was pretty determined to be the best that I could of anything I did. But uh, I just love the sport. I mean, it's, it's so highly addictive and it's so challenging. It's, you can never master the game of golf, no matter how good you are. And it's, it's always a huge test. And, but it's always a beautiful walk.
0: And if you ever had to make, you know, you, you said that you, you gave up rugby league at one point in your teens to to chase your golf for a while, and then it went the other way around because you you signed with South, but, um, you know, which sport do you like more would, 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 if you had to make a choice?
3: Well, it's funny because my business partners, because when we started the company, the, f- the focus really was to manage league players, um, and, I, and I got yeah. my accreditation with, with league um, to do that this year, but... They were like, mate, we think you love golf more. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I have from day one. Um, it's just been such a huge passion. And, you know, it's, it, it, it is. It's um, I actually do, um, I think, disappointing to many, I, I love golf more than I do
0: Lee. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, you've got Demi Papadatos, I think, in your uh, yeah. management group. Uh, I hope you don't sort of try to match bench pressing with, pressing with him. Uh, with the, rig, the rig that he's got. <laughs>
3: Oh, the Greek God. He's got me coming. I'll stay away from him. He's, he's strutting down the fairways. But, um, no, he's uh, he's a, he's a good, great player, Dimi, and um, he's in good shape as well, too. So, yeah, you're, you're not wrong, <laughs>
2: Well, there might be an answer to a question that I was going to ask you because you are of Greek um, heritage, of course, and you yes, actually yes. represented Greece in a game of rugby league, which I'm fascinated to ask you about. But um, <laughs> before we get to that, who is, who, is, according to you, Braithen Aster, who is the best Greek golfer on the planet or who has been the greatest Greek golfer of all time? Have you got one for us? Well,
3: I've got a few, but like James Nitties was right up there at one stage. James, is, yeah, he was he, on yeah. the PGA tour, yeah, yep. and he's a proud Greek, and I know that because I grew up with him. But uh, and and I think Dibby Dibby had the mantle there for for quite a while. But there's a little Steph Kiriaku who's just coming yes. oh, down yes. the inside rail, yes. and she's, she she <laughs> she could put him on the post. And there could be she's you know, leading the tournament as we speak. Steph's you know, rookie of the year the LET tour last year, and. Uh, yeah, we've had her on the pro Last mate. year when I mean, the New South Wales Open, she's a, she's a freak. So I think the females have got us covered, mate.
2: She <laughs> goes all right, doesn't she? So what was that story? Where, can you just quickly tell us about – I mean, you, you had such a storied career in rugby league and you did it all representative-wise and, and at club level. But can you tell me about the the game you played for Greece?
3: Yeah, this is a good one. So the, they, they tried to grow the game and, and qualify for the World Cup, Greece in the league, which they have successfully now after – but it was a bit of a stepping stone, so they, they flew me over to captain coach uh, the Greek rugby league side, and we, we landed in Athens and were there for a month. And what year is this? They, uh, so this was 2014, I think it was, around just after I retired. It was, a, it was one of my last um, games, but they they tell so all the kids, all the guys who wanted to play league, and they'd only ever watched it on the internet, so they'd come from all the islands, and they'd, they'd get an eight hour, eight-hour boat from say Rhodes to Athens, and and they and we'd play on synthetic grass, <laughs> so guys, we get knocked out left, right, and centre because there's no grass. You, and, uh, uh,
0: straight off Mykonos and Hydra.
3: Straight off Mykonos. So I, um, we put the team together. We got a, We we bought about six or seven Aussies over who could play, and we're playing in the you know either NRL or reserve grade here. But so finally, we, we got a test match, and we flew into into Hungary and, and, and went to Budapest and played against Hungary. And we played against Hungary, who had never played league before. <laughs> They'd right. only played over Union. So they didn't move up off the defensive line. We won 90-something oh, nil.
0: They're looking for the line out
2: hey, Don't be humble about this. How many points did you score in the game? I think it was 54. Oh. I think it was like... Oh. <laughs> 15 goals
3: and four tries. Oh, yeah, that's
2: what you did. That's exactly what you did. You remember it well. In, in yeah. terms of in terms of the fun you had in you, and I know at pro level, it's you know you want to have fun, yeah. but it's a business. And but was that just a cracking experience for you to be part of that?
3: Such a good experience, such a humbling yeah. experience. You know, these kids coming from all over Greece and the islands, just the, you know having dreams of play, you know, coming to Australia and playing in the NRL, and. Uh, and then ending up, I didn't know how, I've ended up in Budapest with the Greek rugby league team playing against Hungary. <laughs> it was, uh, you, you wouldn't read about it, honestly. But um, it, was, it was crazy. But that, you know, throughout your career, you, know, you look back at times like that and they're, they're very special. Unusual, but very special.
2: And where do you play your golf, Braith? We'll just we let you get back to the tournament in a moment, get, get out there and walk the fairways. Oh, and um, where, where do you play your golf these days? I've
3: been a, I've been a bit all over the place. So I grew up in Ramey Golf Course. So I was at uh, St Michael's and, and Bonnie Doon for for quite a while. Uh, I've been at the coast the last few years. They're all the local clubs. I've been I've been a member of all of them at some stage, and um, I'm, I'm looking to join New
2: South Wales. That's my I think that's oh, going like. to be what well. a track that oh, is. Eh? Yeah. What a place. That's a yeah. Just that's make a sure beer. you got your shirt tucked in. You got you get your shirt tucked oh. in, and no 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 uh, no logos <laughs> other than the golf courses logos on the socks oh, and.
3: Man. You gotta be a good boy. You gotta be a good boy, <laughs>
2: around here. <laughs> is that your fight out of the seat out of the Sydney slash New South Wales courses? Is that the pick of them for you? Oh,
3: the Australians pretty good. The Australians yeah. pretty good. It's always been a, a bit of a favourite. I'd say New South Wales just ahead of the Aussie. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're very special. Very and good. how under very how nice underrated sport. is
2: St Michael's?
3: Oh, St Michael's is a cracker. It's so underrated. It's very tricky. It's on the coast there. It's always in beautiful condition and. Because New South Wales is the next door to it, it kind of goes under the radar a little bit. But mm. it's not far away. It really isn't. It's a it's a it's a beautiful track,
2: mate. We'll let you go. We um we I think people you know like like us who who love the game of golf but can't mm. really sort of change too much really regard highly uh, when people like you Braith, get involved and put your name to it and try and encourage people through your connections to. Um, mm. see some of these young golfers um, in a different light yeah. and it might make a massive difference mate so a huge thanks from lovers of the game of golf uh, like us around here to you enjoy the next couple of days up there at Bonnie Doon hopefully it's um, a replica of what we got down here at Rose but I know you're wandering around down there having a look and uh, oh, we all well thought it was,
3: it was it was sensational I appreciate yeah. it guys like I said I'm really passionate about it and looking forward to the week and really appreciate you guys you know, all of your support It's been it's been fantastic
2: You're a good man. We'll let you get going. Brayton Astor, join us, a legend of rugby league and the man who's put his name um, as the host to the play series up at Bonnie Doon. Uh, And it sounds like there's a couple of very gifted young Australian players who are making some early strides there, Blakey. So we might have to wrap this up soon and get the TV on and have a look at this. Absolutely. Um, We'll get a break out of the way. Uh, We'll talk Queensland Open with Luke Bates on the other side of this. Let's go
1: back inside the ropes with Golf Australia.
2: As we mentioned off the top, there's a lot to look forward to in Australian golf in the coming weeks. We're we're at Bonny Doon, as we all speak, and you listen now. And in a couple of weeks' time, we get to New South Wales, $400,000 up for grabs at the New South Wales Open. But next week, we go to Pelican Waters for the Isuzu Queensland Open. And Golf Australia's Queensland manager is Luke Bates, and he's been good enough to join us to tell us about uh, the tournament, what we've got to look forward to, who might be teeing it up, and maybe some of the challenges involved in keeping these time-honoured State Opens um, up and about and as relevant as we want them to be. Hey, Luke, thanks for joining us on the show, mate.
1: No worries, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Are we uh, are we just about ready to go? We've got another week a week to go before we arrive at um, Pelican Waters next week. But are we is all in readiness for the Queensland Open, brought to us all, of course, by Isuzu?
1: It is, yeah. It's, um, things are going great, I guess. Uh, preparations at the venue are full steam ahead. The, the club's doing a great job. They're, um, you know, really motivated to present the course in Great Nick. Um, obviously, we, you know, we're getting a broadcast this time around as well on Fox Sports for the weekend. Great, so great. they're making a big effort around that. So, yeah, everything's looking really good, which is exciting.
2: So the, the, the broadcast, is that this is a business of sport? I guess question I've got for you but is that do we, does golf kind of meet the costs of that and Fox supply the platform is that pretty much how that works
1: it is, yes. And I mean, from the um, space of the the owners there, Palm Lake Group, so they own Pelican Waters. Uh, they see a lot of value there. They've invested heavily, I guess, in the Pelican Waters Golf Club since they bought or purchased it a couple of years ago. So um, they see that broadcast as a real opportunity to showcase the course. Uh, they're doing quite a lot of work on there. You're Things like the clubhouse is currently being renovated. Uh, but the, the golf course is right now in Great Nick. But in the near future, it'll actually be revamped to allow for a resort to come in on the, the venue, which has been part of plans for the last 10 years. But it's only now with the new owners from Palm Lake Group coming in, it, it's going to happen. And uh, they're pretty pumped about that. They've got Greg Norman. It's a Greg Norman design course. So the changes to the course will be done by Greg Norman and his team there as well. So, uh yeah, it's great to get this year's event on the um, on the course as it is, but we've got this great little uh, future ahead of us as well to to watch it uh, develop over time.
0: Luke, it's a it's a terrific track. I went up there and played there a few years ago, and uh, obviously designed by the Shark, which gives it a bit of a, a feel to it. And uh, one thing I noticed was that I lo- I always look at the leader, uh, the, not the leaderboards, the honour boards oh, in man. the clubhouse. I'm, I get obsessed by that, and I looked at the women's club champions and. Uh, Twenty Norman, uh, Greg's mother, who inspired yeah. him to play, was uh, a yep. club champion. Is that right? World. That's right, isn't it, Luke?
1: Yeah, it is right, yeah. So um, now I understand she was a member there for a number of years and, yeah, took out the championships, which is which is great.
0: Just well, on the tournament again, yeah. uh, you know, you've got some women playing this year. You had Becky Kay play... Uh, I think, two years ago, and you might have even had uh, a female player last year. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah right.
3: Wilson last year. Sarah Wilson right, an amateur player. But, yeah.
0: but you've already announced, so Steph Kiriakou, uh, Kir- Kiriakou is going to play, who we mentioned earlier in the program, outstanding you know, European Tour Rookie of the Year uh, last year. And today you've announced Grace Kim, who's the Australian amateur champion uh, from New South Wales, is playing. And Karis Davidson, who's... One of our best female pros in Australia uh, plays on the Japanese Women's Tour. Is playing and yep. Becky Kay is playing again. So um, that uh, what I was going to ask you is: Is that the way that you see the tournament going? Because at the moment you can't get a full field of women because of COVID uh, restrictions. That that would be right. Uh, I think i saying that. Uh, so you couldn't get a full yep. field, but I think down the track, is it fair to say that you'd you'd like to take it down the Vic Open style? Uh, where you have you know a mixed field a fully mixed field,
1: yeah absolutely uh I mean that's an aspiration for obviously Golf Australia uh, after the what we've seen there with the Vic Open. But, um, you know, long time back with Isuzu as well. They've, you know, since we've had, uh, you know, as you say, Becky Kay was involved a couple of years ago, Sarah Wilson uh, last year. Um, they're very keen to bring a Women's Queensland Open to the fold. And now we're at Pelican Waters, uh, Palm Lake Group the same. They, they, they're really keen to see that happen. And as you say, unfortunately, with the... Uh, uh, women's tour this year, it just wasn't possible with players not being able to get here. Um, but we've certainly got big plans for that moving ahead. And, uh, I guess this year it's, we saw it as an opportunity to get, um, a number of players, uh, involved in the event directly. So we've got, yeah, five great players involved there. And, uh, going to be really interesting to see how they they take on the course we we had a challenge through COVID where um, some of our elite amateurs and female uh, professionals took on the uh, local Queensland PGA uh, players and elites again and uh, actually Karis Davidson won that event so I think she shot uh, around 66 in the first round so uh, she absolutely blitzed it so it's, it's not necessarily, you know, like the typical Bombers-type courses, uh, some areas where you do need to lay up. And, and certainly on each nine, the finishing holes, uh, eight and nine and 17 and 18, uh, get quite tight. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I, and I think we'll see, you know, a couple of these, and, you know, hopefully a couple uh, more than that as well, you know, feature on the weekend.
2: Look, I'm just scrolling through the past winners of this tournament. I, I grew up, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, as a kid growing up, where the state open stood in terms of the profile in Australian sport. they were all televised. They're a big deal. There were world-class players who were playing in the state. And we had international players coming out and playing in them, which we're starting to see here in you know, Victoria. We're lucky enough to see that down here, obviously, with them co-sanctioning that's taking place. But... You go through yeah. the history book, you know, Von Neider wins it seven times. Nagel was a multiple winner. Billy Dunk, a multiple winner. Greg Norman, a multiple winner. Graeme. I mean, it's the, mm-hmm. it is the dead set who's who of Australian men's golf have got their name on this title. When you yeah. throw your resources personally and with your team into um, promoting and, and building this event, how emotionally invested do you get in the legacy of an event like this and making sure that it's... Um, it gets back to the relevance that it that it once had.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, you know, we all look at that that history and how rich it is with some of those those great names you just mentioned. Um, it, but it's also inv- evolved, I guess, and uh, the sponsors and the team involved have, have witnessed that firsthand. I, I guess in the last seven or eight years that we've been running it, the likes of uh, Cam Smith has featured. You know, in mm. his first uh, professional debuts and. You know, I remember we used to run corporate days around the event, and Cam used to come out and help out with that, and meet the Isuzu guys, and you know, get on really well with the other sponsors. And so they've seen Cam take off, obviously, on his great journey. You, you look at similar people like Brett Coletta; he won it a couple of years ago as well, and then also yeah. Lucas Herbert has also featured. So it, it is interesting where we don't have. You know, I think Greg was uh, world number one, and he just won the uh, the Open Championship one of the years that he won it. Um, now we, you know we're in a different space now, but um, at the same time, the, the stories and I guess the calibre of player, which are, are probably just launching their career uh, at these uh, state opens now, is um, you know really right up there, and I think that's that's a great part of it. The sponsors uh, understand that, and they they can see you know Steph Kiriakou is just another great example about this uh, tournament next week, so. Um, yeah, they're across it and they're um, yeah, they're all for it. We'd love to see some of those big names come back and feature, but at the same time, we understand that it's, uh, these other players who are playing right now, they're, they're going to be, you know, potentially up there for majors in the years to come.
2: Yeah, well, we I mean, just looking at that Coletta year in 2016, he beat Herbert in a playoff. And, um, you know, the, the names in years prior to and post, I mean, Rean Gibson is runner-up to Jordan Zunick in 2018 and Jack Thompson, who's just turned pro, runner-up to quayley last year so look there's there's it's just it's rich it's rich in potential with a lot of the guys playing it a lot of these guys who are competing uh on the edges of being world-class players hit right here right now so uh, mate it's important it's from a golf perspective the state opens are very very important we can't wait to um get to pelican waters next week and see how it all rolls out we'll get through bonnie doon this week um and we look forward to you and your team um, pulling it all together the week after, Luke. Thanks for joining us, and um, and good luck when we when we get to shine the light on you and um, and your state. Thanks for joining us on the show today, mate.
1: No worries, thank you both, and uh, yeah, look forward to you all being able to watch it, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess the finishing on there on Sunday and having an, another great winner uh, hold up the TB Hunter Cup.
2: It's going to be that. That is great that we've got some TV exposure as well. The Osuzu Queensland Open next week, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Be able to see that on Fox Sports. Uh, heaps of other bits and pieces going on around the world we haven't got to yet. We'll touch on all of those on the other side of this. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Let's go back inside the ropes with Golf Australia. Okay, so still a bit of um, business to be done before we wrap up the show today. Um, we mentioned, obviously, Colin Morikawa earlier. You got up early in the morning on, uh, what would it have been, Sunday morning our time with Cam Smith right in the hunt when we all went to bed. I was excited about Very excited.
0: That. Cam's playing really well at the mm, moment, Andy. As you know, he was fourth, I think, the week before. Yep. But at about 4 or 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, when he got to the fifth tee at the concession, yes. Cam Smith led that tournament by two shots. <laughs> right. He's playing with Kepka. Yep. Uh, he was on fire. He proceeded to then hit... Five balls in the water for the rest of the day. Extraordinary! He shot, it was so shot seventy-seven. Him. Yeah, very unlike him. But look, Florida golf—you know, there's a lot of it's penal golf, mm. really. Florida mm. golf has. Someone sent me a text years ago when I talked about how much water is in Florida. You know, well, it's basically a swamp. Mm. You know, yeah. so he ended up finishing tied eleventh. Andy uh, Jason Day tied eighteenth. Uh, interesting one. Minwoo Lee at his second uh, start in America. Tied twenty-eight. I think he shot sixty-six on the yeah. Saturday. Picked up a bit of cash. Very nice. What did you think of? Uh, we talked about Tiger Woods before. What did you think of the players? A lot of the players wearing the red, Dude, wasn't red shirts. It? Nice.
2: It was very nice. Yeah, it's it's lovely. You know, that's the sort of stuff that makes a bit of a difference. I reckon that's what they can do to show their support. And he would have hopefully been in a position to tune in somewhere along the line and pick up on all of that, irrespective of how. Driven he is as an individual and chasing his own ambition. Um, that must have meant something to him, I think.
0: The yeah. Quarter Sisters are going yeah, okay. Incredible. Two yeah. weeks in a row. So yeah. Nelly Quarter wins the LPGA event at Lake Nona a yeah. week after her sister Jessica. It's Incredible. Both of them have won oh. Australian Opens as well.
2: There, there's um, something to if you if you're a punter and Quarter Sisters are playing uh, on any weekend or week of a Quarter birthday, yeah. you want to get on because. One of them wins – the previous, The one that won it last time was – she won on the day of her dad's birthday. And the one that won this time, I think it was her sister's birthday. Something like that. There, there were quarter birthdays – there were there were specific quarter birthdays both weeks. So you probably want to just bear that in the back of your mind.
0: Uh, someone said uh, the other day that they're bound to go down the stretch in the it's same group in, in, yeah. a, in an event soon, aren't yeah. they, yeah. play yeah. each other. And I think they're pretty close too, so – uh, Sarah Kemp finished tied fifth Great there, and she's, she's jumped out of the woodwork. That's Sarah Kemp,
2: so good. I was wrapped. I mean, Lydia co-run second from a local perspective, yeah. obviously, but it, the Kemp result was almost the one that because I don't know about you, but when you when you hit the LPGA score checks and you want to, if expect if they're playing, you know the names that from a from a domestic perspective we expect to see. Yeah, you look at Minji, Anna yeah. Green, yeah. Minji Lee. So you are always hoping that. Um, when Kempy's in the field, you know, hopefully she makes the cut and then, you know, hopefully there's going to be... But you don't often automatically assume you're going to see a T5 top 10 and it I was think, great to see Sarah finishing. I so think that's well. her,
0: her best result uh, in an LPGA event in America. She finished runner-up in the Vic Open, which was obviously part of the LPGA yeah. at 13th Beach a year ago or so, but uh, that's her best result in America Great. Gabby Ruffles played her first event as a pro yep. finishes tied 36 Makes picked, a up, picked up I think 60 grand or something <laughs> Was it that much? Something like that. Surely not that much, yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay, and, right um, So Gabby, a good good result for her. She's yep. playing on invitations at the moment with no, no actual playing status, but she's not soon. going to struggle
2: for invitations. <laughs> she will she's, a, she's
0: already one of the best players in the world, I yeah.
2: think. Yeah, yeah. and she's, I agree with that, and, yeah. and a rising star, and she's got something about her that makes her pretty watchable. Puerto Rico Um, open, mate. Yeah, but just before we get away from Gabby Ruffles, just a little jump off there. The GA rookie squad was expanded by three, and she was one of those added. It's a a very nice little class that's been added to the Golf Australia rookie squad, those who receive Golf Australia assistance as they kind of make their way through the pro ranks. Well, Elvis Smiley's in there, and And Jack 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 Thompson. Jack Thompson, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Elvis Smiley's playing his first uh, event as a pro this week uh, up. At the Players Series at Bonnie Doon, and we've we've had him on the program yeah, a few times. Great. I mean, he's he's so exciting. What did Clayton say? He's the best young player we've had, best male young player we've had since since days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. left-handed, uh, long levers, great great personality, great name. Yes, <laughs> all that Re- tick, really tick, exciting. Tick. Yep, yep. Uh, now Puerto Rico and Brandon oh. Grace, whose father died a few weeks ago. Yep, yep. Uh, won it, great for him. But Cam Percy, our man from Southern Golf Club. Uh, in Melbourne. Uh, Cam had another chance.
2: He just... He, look, he's a credit Pied to seventh. him. Yeah, like mid-40s. Uh, does it with a smile on his face. Happy to have a laugh. Um, happy to take the mickey out of, you know, uh, fellow competitors. Happy to make a statement when one needs to be made that doesn't necessarily tread PGA kind of to a party lines. Oh, he's, a, he's a good fellow, Cam Percy. Pretty comfortable in his own skin. He's three and a half rounds... He's a a three-and-a-half-round player. He he just, the 71 that he shot in the last round when everybody was going under the card, he was treading around even with the cut. Equivalent of over the card. Yeah, and and it's not a pot. I mean, that's still a pretty solid round of golf.
0: Well, he's having a good year, and I I believe from uh, social media that he's got himself into the players uh, as a result result of getting up and down on the 72nd hole. Oh, that's a great result. For a a birdie, I believe, uh, or might have even been for a par, but that... That result got him into the players, which he's never, never been in before. It feels like
2: he's driving the ball so beautifully at the moment. It mm. feels like he's there's a there's something... I mean, that's good. That's a great result. But it feels like there's something better coming for there's this. There's one more, at least, sort of big-ticket item in Camp Percy's career. We I know
0: think. he's the, the unluckiest player in history oh, because God. he gets himself into a playoff in yep. 2010. And Jonathan... Walks over yeah. with I think it was a three or four player playoff yeah. to go to a par three and uh, Jonathan Bird knocks it in the hole. When's when that ever happened? No, that's ridiculous. Um,
2: um, Lindsay Stephen, we had him on the show probably two months ago. Um, we were doing it via Zoom, so there was some technical challenges we had between he, clates, and but it was lovely to hear his voice. I'm glad we had him. Yeah, hear
0: hear. So Lindsay Stephen passed away during the week. Uh, Several-time winner on the Australasian Tour, uh, fantastic guy, uh, much loved by
2: everyone. Good so commentator to, to, Really good commentator yep. when he stuck his nose behind the mic.
0: Only 64. Uh, had a long battle with liver cancer, which yep. he ultimately lost. But uh, uh, you know, Clates wrote an excellent piece about him on golf.org.au. Mm. au. Ian Baker Finch said some lovely things about him. There are a lot of. There's a lot of love for. For Lindsay, so you know, sympathies to the family, and uh, he'll be much missed.
2: Favourite son from out west, of course, you know, West Australian through and through, and uh, was much loved by the West Australian golfing fraternity as well. So it'll be a heavy loss uh, felt by a lot of people over in that neck of the woods.
0: A couple of amateur things, Andy. The Tasmanian Open was played uh, last weekend, and Kelsey, two New South Wales players, uh, won the men's and women's. Kelsey Bennett, who's 21 in the New South Wales. Uh, programs won the women's by ten shots she if you don't is. mind. That's yeah. a four round uh event. And Josh Fuller, uh who's nineteen, won the the men's. Uh, both country New South Wales. Hunter Valley Josh Fuller grew up in Cessnock. Uh some nice wine up that way. Nice race And uh too. Kelsey Bennett's from Mollymook. There's a nice golf oh, course clarity. there. Yeah no good serve, good surf break there. Too. And it's Riversdale Cup this week. Yeah. So get yourself out there if you live in Melbourne or anywhere near around Melbourne that's a storied and famous old event starts on Thursday free entry they've got good field both the winners from last year uh, Curtis Lawrence and Janith Wong are playing and they always have a great field for that event mm-hmm. and uh, one thing I wanted to mention as is, is we're doing bits and pieces was Bay Hill this week there's a uh, the sixth hole Andy is a 555 yard par 5 yes which runs around water the water's all down the left uh, dog leg left around the water all yep. the way Yeah. Shambo is talking about trying to drive it. now. I beg your pardon? It's a 350-yard carry if you want to go straight across the water, and he's already tried it once in practice, and he rinsed a couple of balls in there. Uh, I'm told that John Daly tried this a few years ago in a tournament. I think it was 2000... No, 1998, and he took an 18 on the hole, <laughs> which was kind of classic John Daly. Shambo yeah. said, and he's been asked about it, he said, well, look, if there's no wind there into me... I can probably carry it and get it over there. So okay. but that's going to be interesting. Like by the time people listen to this,
2: It'll have happened. we might have said, yeah, but yeah.
0: he said if there's any wind in it, you can't do it. But yeah. if, there's, if there's wind behind or there's no wind, there's a chance that he might have a crack at that.
2: Oh, well, that'll be fun for some to watch that sort of stuff. Long driving competitions are taking place in tournament play. I guess that's, yeah. uh, that's something for people to, to about. talk about. Isn't it, it is. It yeah. is. Um, we're done. Good on you, Andy. It's good to see you again, mate. Thank you, mate. Martin Blake joining us, as he always does, on Inside the Ropes. Uh, thanks to and Astor and Luke Bates for joining us on the program. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Back next week to do it all again.